1: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is
0: the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Byte Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca, and it's myself and the innovator of violence, the landlord of the house of hardcore, Tommy Dreamer with another edition of the Busted Open Podcast watch-along. Again, I tell everyone, use the hashtag Busted Open Podcast. Tell us that you're watching. Tell us what matches you want to see. Again, use the hashtag Busted Open Podcast. And today, Tommy, do we have a
1: doozy. Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, I forgot to change my shirt. Oh, I'm going to do that during the break. If people fans see my titties, I don't care because we're going to watch along one of the greatest builds. And the end of the match started one of the greatest feuds of all time. And as you know, I'm involved in one of the greatest feuds of all time. But this one, to me, was way bigger.
0: That's right. Tommy Dreamer and Raven is definitely a top five greatest feud of all time in the history of pro wrestling. My personal favorite is Devon Ericson the Freebirds? And what we're doing today is we're going back to December twenty eighth, nineteen eighty two. The main event at World Class Star Wars Christmas Night is a cage match between Ric Flair and Kerry Von Eric. So I'm asking everyone to go to the WWE Network, search WCCW, not WCW, W. CCW, December 28th, 1982. I'll let you do that now. But you search it. You go to the WWE Network. There's a search. You hit the search. You type in WCCW, December 28th, 1982. Then you will see an icon, an iconic icon, if you will, of Ric Flair and Kerry Von Erich and Michael Hayes. Yes, that's the match we're watching because Michael Hayes is involved. He's the special guest referee. So click on that. Now that you've clicked on that, World Class Championship Wrestling, WCCW, December 28th, 1982. Now I'm going to give you a timestamp. That's right. Six minutes and 20 seconds. Not six minutes and 19 seconds. Not six minutes and 21 seconds. No. Not 59, 31 because it didn't go that long. So I'm going to give you a second. Go to the timestamp. Six minutes and 20 seconds. Do that now on the WWE Network. Now that you've done that, pause it. Pause that six minutes and 20 seconds.
1: Pause that, son of a bitch.
0: Yes. Download that shit. Because we are starting with six minutes and 20 seconds again. So I don't get fired by Mother Marissa. Use the hashtag Busted Open Podcast. Give us your feedback. Tell us what you want to see. But today, we are starting the origins of one of the greatest feuds of all time the Von Ericks and the Freebirds. And you say, wait a second, this is Ric Flair and Kerry Von Erich." But Tommy, as you know, the fans voted for a very special guest referee and that guest referee was Michael
1: Hayes. Absolutely, Bad Street. The buildup was uh, gigantic, which we will get into once we uh, view this. And for those uh, other people, if you're not a subscriber to the WWE Network, I hear you can find this on other forms of uh streaming devices um to quote hulk hogan you and uh tube so uh that match is available there too so you can find it and we're going from rick flair's in the hallway this entire show is built around one match and it doesn't disappoint
0: and if you're on the wwe network again it's 6 20 6 minutes and 20 seconds and i'll give the countdown to hit play five four Three, two, one, hit play. And here we are, like you said, the nature boy, Ric Flair, your NWA World Heavyweight Champion, is walking that aisle at the Reunion Arena, Tommy, in Dallas, Texas.
1: You know, world class is known for being different. Look at this view. This is literally the view that I get walking to the ring. Uh, Excuse me, darling, I don't want your damn flowers. I'm I'm a heel. But that's the view, and that was different from, you know, what world-class gave you. And when uh, we talk about world-class and the influence it has going into the cage is all this different stuff, but the guy who was there from day one, and then he went and did every world-class uh, – WCW, and then he did Impact, and now he's with AEW, is Keith Mitchell, and he's still contributing to the wrestling business.
0: And the ring announcer for this main event match at Reunion Arena – you know, Christmas night, Mark Lorenz is the ring announcer for world-class championship wrestling, Tommy.
1: And I, I, I can't, this is so, Dave, and like I'm 11 years old watching this, and I'm watching this now, and I love it because of its simplicity, but this is what you experience as a pro wrestler, except for the fact of you like looking through the ring because now we always have this curtain, but they're literally taking you behind the scenes where in the pit, of reunion arena until you walk out to that roar and that light goes on. But you're seeing a, like what little pre show things guys do. Uh, that girl just kissed Carrie Von Eric's arm, by the way. Um, <laughs> look at all he's hugging and kissing everyone they're all on security
0: they have security guards but they're doing absolutely nothing because actually they're trying to damn this you see the security like here's the thing carrie von eric is is walking to the ring young girls are kissing and grabbing at carrie von eric and grown men with cigars in their mouths are clawing at carrie von eric as well this is what you would call a hometown hero
1: Yeah, man. There was no no bigger. But, you know, that perspective of, you know, people just trying to touch you. Kerry Von Erich was a rock star. Uh, Again, 1982, there is no social media. This is real and, and a sold out reunion. And think about it. It's Christmas night, which was, you know, WrestleMania is the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. But for Christmas night in every territory, that was their Super Bowl. If you also want to think about Christmas night, How many companies are wrestling, doing shows this night with their main events? And Ric Flair, who's the champion and under the NWA offices, he's the top draw and he's chosen this venue to wrestle tonight. So then it's how much money you think friggin' Ric Flair is making tonight.
0: And, you know, I love it because as we're doing this watch along, Mother Marissa, the head of Sirius XM Fight Nation is on the video with us. Uh, silently, of course, but she's watching along with this match. And so is Andy King, who is of Barstool fame. They're watching along. And I really dig it because they're mm-hmm. both much younger. They know wrestling, but they don't know wrestling from this era. So it's probably like a little bit of a culture shock for them because as you're, as you're watching the cage, and this is a steel cage match between Ric Flair and Kerry Von Erich, the fans are actually, first of all, a fan just took a picture with a Polaroid camera, but there's, there's actually fans up against the cage because they would, because if you remember world-class championship wrestling, the barricade would be a, 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 like a string. They would have yeah. a string as a barricade. So like everyone has climbed over that string and is pressed against the cage before this match is about to start.
1: There's our special referee, Michael Hayes, wearing mom jeans before they were known as mom jeans. No shirt, hairy chest. He is a bear of bears right now. And by the way, if you look at Michael Hayes, he looks like he's 45 years old and he's in his 20s right now. I couldn't even grow a beard like that in my 20s. Now everyone could grow a beard. And there's one of the greatest, Bam Bam, Terry Gordy. He's going to be the gatekeeper. That's right. Now, to set this all up, man, there was such a great buildup where there was a bounty placed on uh, Kerry Von Erich's head. That's why they also had the steel cage because of interference where if it was Thanksgiving night and Gary Hart, uh, they had a bounty put on this whole thing of uh, – because he, he was afraid of facing Kerry Von Erich. And then they're going to have uh, Michael Hayes as the special referee to make sure there's no BS, because this was determined as this is going to go down. And if you think about, you could see this on uh, the episode before this. With a, how we are living now, with split screens and everybody talking for every you know show on television, World Class does a split screen with Fritz Von Erich and Ric Flair, and they're basically shooting on each other about you're afraid to face my son. You put a bounty on my son. Ric Flair saying absolutely not. But what happened in 1982 is seriously so relevant today because they're literally talking how we all have to talk to the world today because of this pandemic.
0: Yeah, I mean, a a lot of reality to that. Uh, Bill Mercer doing the play-by-play by by himself was a one-man booth. I can see Bill Mercer outside the cage, ready to do the play-by-play. As I said, Mark Lorenz is your ring announcer. And Tommy, who's the referee for this cage match?
1: Oh, your boy crush, David Manning.
0: That's right, David Manning, your referee, one of the greatest referees of all time. So here we go. Now, as I mentioned, the special guest referee is Michael Hayes. Outside is the gatekeeper, as you said, Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Just less than a year ago, they were in Georgia Championship Wrestling, but here they are in world class. And the fans voted for Michael Hayes to be the special guest referee. And there's the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, talking a little trash to Kerry Von Erick. All the pressure – is on Kerry Von Erich. Why? Because they're in Dallas, sold-out crowd, Christmas night. His father is watching, Fritz Von Erich. His mother is watching. You know, a lot of people thought that David Von Erich should be the one going after Ric Flair. Kevin is jealous, and he has no wrestling boots on. His jealousy in the back. And there, you got kids of all ages, men, women, crying, can't wait to see if Kerry Von Erich, they wished for not little, like, presents under their christmas tree they didn't want wooden horses they didn't want a professional football no what they wanted from santa was for carrie von air christmas night in the reunion arena to beat the nature boy rick flair for the 10 pounds of gold
1: if you weren't on such a role i would have raked your eyes because when they panned the crowd there was a 17 year old girl drinking a beer by the way um, it's texas <laughs> anything happens there um, dave uh, i don't know if you remember this but Earlier on this show, the first match, the Freebirds were brought in, uh, they said, by the Von Ericks, because they were friends, and uh, Buddy Jack Roberts couldn't make the finals for the world-class uh, six-man title, and David Von Erich substituted for Buddy Jack, who was in Colorado, and they won the six-man titles. You have no clue who they defeated, but I do, because I just watched it. And I was shocked by it. It was so like a bad tournament. Um, And Dave Von Erich is the tag team, the six-man tag team champions with Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy. And the show before this, he abdicates his title and gives it to their brother, Buddy Jack Roberts. Beautiful dropkick from Kerry Von Erich. And so the show is, and he did that live in the ring. So it's so set up that the Von Ericks and the Freebirds are boys. They are partying together. They're doing so much drugs in Texas. There are no drugs in Texas because of it. And every girl is uh, basically uh, fulfilling all their dreams with the Von Ericks and the Freebirds, but not after this. There's gonna be a divide.
0: And it is true. I mean, it's it's under court records that there was no drugs. By the end of 1982 in Texas, they actually had to import them from outside of Texas because of all the drugs that they were taking in 1982.
1: Now, Ric Flair being Ric Flair. This is before they're wooing, by the way, because Ric Flair was a heel. Look at the punches. Listen to, I got to talk to you, you know, especially, wait, he's going to do it. Ah, before it became comedy. Face drop,
0: that's right. The face Before drop.
1: it became comedy, it was real. A lot of people talk about When we saw it with the Dark Order, I'm surprised you don't buy that shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, They talk about bad punches or when people mount a wrestler and they're throwing bad punches. Kerry Von Erich does something phenomenal. Speaking of punches, right to your nose. Um, And I'll point it out later where if anybody in the professional wrestling industry will want to learn how to throw great punches – Watch what Kerry Von Erich does to Ric Flair in this match at one point. Um, It is just textbook, where I think he's probably punching him for real anyway. But if a camera's close, brother, you got to take it. Well, I'm glad you mentioned
0: about the punches for real, because world-class, especially the Von Erics, were known for wrestling stiff. Like, there was a lot of times a lot of the wrestlers would complain that a Kerry and a Kevin and a David Von Erich would really be stiff in the ring and would throw some real punches to their opponents.
1: Well, then, you know what? In the professional wrestling industry, they would get it back. So, uh, damn, look at Ric Flair. Get away, David Manning, Michael Hayes. Now they're doing the job. They're back. Oh, wait uh, a Michael minute. Hayes
0: did a, wait, wait a second. For those, you know, that are listening, and not watching along with us. Michael Hayes did a rope break, which is fine, but he physically pushed Ric Flair away. That's taking it a little too far, Tommy, in my opinion.
1: Well, he wouldn't break when David Manning did it. He shoved David Manning, and that's when Michael Hayes uh, stepped in. Is Michael Hayes wearing Nikes, by the way, or is he wearing Keds? I cannot tell. And Michael Hayes really needed a belt because he constantly keeps on pulling up his pants during this. Oh, he just got involved again. Now he did it with Kerry Von Erich. So he's arguing with the referee because he's Michael Hayes. And it is funny, though, if you look at it, there's
0: two referees. As I said, there is the living legend himself, David Manning, one of the greatest referees of all time, and you have Michael Hayes. Neither one wearing an official referee T-shirt like I have for every time you call me for House of Hardcore to be an official. I have an official's, you know, the official referee shirt. Michael Hayes has no shirt on at all, and David Manning has, like, a puma 1978 (laughs) shirt on for crying out loud nobody has the official referee gear on during this match
1: well in world class they kind of like uh i remember i don't know why he does have that shirt on and great reference with the puma wear but um because he did wear a regular referee shirt maybe it's because it's the big event double down they're both down uh i love if every time they pan to the crowd you see the faces of the crowd and you look at the emotional investment that everyone has. You have people, when Kerry's in trouble, there are people with their hands over their mouths, like please Kerry, like do something, do something. And like, it's just such, they so believed they really did. By the way, those ropes are horrible. They are so loose and as a professional wrestler, these are the punches that I'm talking about and they get better later. The key to that is he has them by his hair and his always oh, going for the claw. He's he has them by his hair and he's pulling his head up and then pushing his head down with every punch. When you do that, whether the punch is real or not, it's giving the illusion that it's real. cause most people, when they're punching or you saw all the social media outrage when people were throwing crappy punches, it's the hardest way to punch someone from a mounted position because everyone puts their head prone to the mat. If you're ever in that spot, just pick that person's head up and then just start punching them in the face. That's what I'm going to start doing right now. Michael Hayes, you need a damn belt.
0: He does need a belt, and somebody should probably have given him one Uh, before he stepped into the cage, but I digress. Uh, We would see roughly 17 months later, Kerry Von Erich would win the NWA championship. A lot would change in world-class championship wrestling over the course of the next year, Uh, 1983 and 1984. They would get bigger and bigger, but that's when you start seeing a lot of the tragedies, Tommy, in world-class championship wrestling.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it's been well, well documented, you know, uh, what happened with the Von Erich brothers. And, uh, but this time the business is booming and it's about to boom big time. And and it's all, you know, we always talk about where the money is, you know, every wrestling promotion, especially with the NWA, they voted on who would be their top draw. That means who was going to be their best wrestler. And that was Ric Flair. And, you know, all the local territories would always vote for their guy, but, the business is booming. Why? Because of the chase, and that everybody here is paying to see Rick uh, Kerry Von Erich win the title on Christmas night. What a great moment that would be for everyone to see! But then, if you think about business, where was the next one held? We're talking Dallas Cowboy Stadium, and yeah, okay. packed. So, man, Kerry Von Erich is stiff. Uh, I also like the double count by both David Manning and. Michael Hayes during that which could
0: be dangerous and here you go oh boy here we go Kerry's trying to go for that abdominal stretch and there he has it on Ric Flair this is something that I used to love back in the day that is just not used anymore Tommy
1: uh I'll throw in an abdominal stretch every once in a while you know why because it's also people want fast pace people don't also realize a real abdominal stretch hurts And when you use the term stretch, it's a move like when someone would say, oh, he'd stretch them or he put them in holds. It really does feel like your core is being ripped in half when it's done for real. And it takes away your oxygen. It really does. If you have a tight back too, an abdominal stretch works your because it's your core, it really does hurt. I have cinched an abdominal stretch on people every once in a while. And it was a real finish, uh, like Antonio Noki used it. It was a great maneuver for a lot, a lot of years and a lot of guys, but yes, it is not used that much anymore specifically because if it's a uh, nice Ric Flair, because of time, everyone wants stuff fast, 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 but when it's time to slow it down an abdominal stretch is a great hold. And Kerry Von Eric is
0: now busted Ric Flair open. You can tell he's dragging his forehead against that steel cage and this is back in a day when steel cages were steel cages. And Ric Flair, right now, I believe, either from the punches from Kerry Von Erich or getting his head smashed into the cage, Ric Flair is officially busted open.
1: Flair is busted open. The camera angles uh, on this were phenomenal, where you could also see the blood stain on the cage. And let me tell you about—I've been in a bunch of steel cages. Steel cages, when they're super duper tight, they hurt. There's no give. And I can remember, especially in our ECW steel cages, going for the claw. No, nope. kicking ads. look at
0: look at Bill Mercer being a little bit of a homer, throwing his hands up in the air, giving the <laughs> touchdown signal, thinking that Kerry Von Erich was going to clasp that iron claw on rick flair's head but rick flair is rick flair did his homework before this match and he was ready for that iron claw he, he, a,
1: he just gave him a straight kick or a straight knee right to his lower midsection uh back to being in a steel cage the hardest part of the steel cage of course is those uh steel beams and i remember in ecw though uh we never had the best of steel cages but i was involved in a lot of them the, the mesh and the net, there's so little, like, I remember my forearms getting cut or pieces of my shoulder when I'm going into the cage are getting cut because not every, you know, it, they're not, it's real steel and it's not like this tarnished down or worn down, it's fencing, and if you go to your fence outside and you could feel it, it's not super duper smooth. And just think about like what we had in ECW. It was pure crap. It was probably, I remember once Balls Mahoney made our steel cage and it would just, it hurt. It really does hurt going into the steel cage. Uh, I miss, and the, the reason why a steel cage was always used was to prevent outside interference. Now people just think it's, oh, it's to settle a feud. Um, it's... The premise of the steel cage is great because it's supposed to keep people from outside from entering. And that's really why it should be, just like your house. Why do you have a gate or why do you have fencing around your house? Because you don't want your neighbors in your freaking backyard. I hate my neighbors.
0: Now, another thing I wanted to uh, bring up is that you see a lot of cameramen, single cameramen going around the cage. This was very innovative at the time on TV, believe it or not. And Mickey Grant was the producer for world-class championship wrestling. And they were one of the first wrestling shows to use, you know, the different cameramen that ran around the ring. You got a lot of the sound. Like if you're listening to this right now, you can hear the punches and the, uh, the screams from Ric Flair. Uh, Somebody who's very, very underrated, and that was producer of world-class championship wrestling, Mickey Grant.
1: Yeah, man. And, And you look at this angle right here when you're talking about, we are inside a steel cage. We are as close as close can be. And then what happened after this, I don't know, I think it was probably a Vince McMahon thing where, I mean, we have seen the progression of the cameraman in the cage, but now they just go and they've cut out a big hole In a corner of the cage So the cameraman can shoot his stuff in But every steel cage match After stuff like this This is the vision that you got Where this is the steel cage I love it Because if you're a fan there This is what you're seeing And look, you know, Dave too We're watching this There's no giant screen For the people in the venue All your action Is where you're focused In the ring And it's just We're it's it's lost. This is how I grew up watching wrestling. I love it. There's no distractions. There's no nothing. Uh, you know, it's funny still uh, today with cell phones. Uh, in my house, we no cell phones at the table because it's your family time. But for this on a, on a Christmas night, what is this family time? We're all watching professional wrestling. Here he goes The figure four.
0: Yeah, Ric Flair's got the figure four or leg lock on Kerry Von Erich. Both David Manning and Michael Hayes are asking Kerry Von Erick if he's going to give up. This is before the tapping out. Nobody tapped out. They said, I quit, or they said, yes, I submit. And Kerry Von Erich, man, look, he's hulking he's up right now. There is no way Kerry Von Erick is going to say, I quit to Ric Flair's figure four leg lock in front of a sold-out crowd in Reunion Arena in Dallas, Texas.
1: You just got to watch your shoulders. Um, and if you talk about Psychology. Everybody knew Ric Flair's finisher was the Figure Four. This entire match, he kept on trying to get to Kerry's knees. Coming off of this, too, Kerry Von Eric. I'm sorry. Leading up to this, Kerry Von Eric had knee surgery, and they played this into a big part of Kerry because uh, he was out for a while. Kerry coming back after knee surgery. I mean, they such the build, as well as with Kerry Von Erich His signature is the claw, which he went for a couple of times, and the people knew if Flair hits his figure four or Von Erich hits his claw, it's going to be the end. Try to reverse it. It's hard. Let me tell you. Von
0: Erich has just reversed the figure four leg lock, and now Ric Flair is in a compromising position. This is why the figure four is not a great finishing hold, because it can be reversed, and we've just seen an example of that right now.
1: Uh, it can be reversed. Yes, but, uh, it's, it's hard to do if you're not, if you're swinging your momentum. So if anyone ever wants to, I always thought about if, uh, I had like somebody like, and I'm waiting for the cops that I would put them in a figure four, uh, cause like I beat this person up or whatever. And because all's, if the person turns one way, you just got to turn the other and you pop out their knee. I also got to tell you when someone reverses a figure four, the t- Torque on your ankles and knees is so, so real. Uh, it hurts like a son of a bitch. And I always would like when the referees would get involved and try to break it up because a real figure four cinched in and a real reversal, dude, you have no clue how much it really, really hurts. Hey, he there's Rick Ric Flair's, Flair's
0: just, Yeah, you saw Ric Flair's bare ass as he was trying to escape the cage and carry Von Erich, you know, grabbed him by the trunks. And, man, Rick Flair, and this is the beauty of Ric Flair is that blonde hair <laughs> that platinum blonde hair, blood looked really cool in his hair, Tommy.
1: And you think about Morris. Yes, it did. It's, I mean, this, from this magazine, this uh, match, so many, I remember being on the cover of magazines. uh, It was just so many visions of Ric Flair, the crimson mask. But if you think about great psychology and there's, you know, there's not really a lot of move sets or spots. It's a fight. People are so, so into it. And yeah, I get it. It's 1982, but this match is still holding up today. Uh, Psychology. I'm getting my ass kicked. I want to get out of this steel cage because I need to leave. But yet the good guy, Kerry Von Erich, says you're not leaving and I'm going to just grab you and beat you. And And this is the
0: realism of it, Tommy. Yeah, man. And Michael
1: Hayes doing his job. And he's still doing his job with both Flair and Kerry Von Erich. So he's not really showing... Uh, favorites.
0: No, he's not. But, like, again, this is something that's missing, like, for the WWE. Is that, like, you know, if you smash somebody's head into a steel cage and then you grind it into the cage, it's going to bleed. It's going to bust open. And that's exactly what happened with Ric Flair. And a lot of the cage matches we see now, that doesn't happen. And that's where you lose that sense of reality. Again, back in 1982, everybody in that arena believed, they believed, You know, they're getting on their feet. And here's the other thing that I love. And you kind of talked about this before. This is a sold-out reunion arena. There's 15,000 fans in attendance, but you only see the first couple rows. Why? Because you mentioned it before. Everything is on the ring. The crowd is not part of the show. You know, if this was a Monday Night Raw or WrestleMania, you could see that crowd. You can't see the crowd. Everyone's attention is on what's going on in this steel cage.
1: And David, uh, we're watching this. And like you just said, uh, you know, we're in 2020. A lot of people are talking about wrestling in front of no fans. There are fans there. We can hear them. We can't see them. But the darked-out crowd, the smoky arena, wrestlers are going out there and working. And they're working just as hard if there were no fans because of also television. But this show – is kind of what we're experiencing today. Look at this! Oh my God! Look at that! That is as real as real can be. He's got his iron claw on. Flair had his foot on the ropes. Michaels explained to his friend, and he's breaking it. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't break it before. Uh, before. Oh wait a second! Here we before go. Before Ric Flair did it. Well, David, uh, I gotta tell you, I believe this was not. Uh, As well as plans, I think they were supposed to do this later Because I watched this before And uh, it was probably the I've actually probably watched this match Maybe 50, 60 times Through the years Because uh, I just remember watching it as a kid And loving it But now going back, I haven't watched it as a wrestler In so, so long And I think that was a bit of a We went to the well Before we were supposed to do it (laughs) So, and I'll explain, you'll see it in a second, because there's more altercation, there's more of a build before this happens. Michael Hayes just punches Ric Flair.
0: And pushes David Manning even worse. And now he's telling Kerry Von Erich, because he gave, Michael Hayes gave Ric Flair the knockout punch, he's telling Kerry Von Erich, pin him, pin him, you can win the NWH, and he's forcing Kerry Von Erich to pin the Nature Boy Ric Flair, and Kerry Von Erich won't do it, because... He knows that Michael Hayes punched Ric Flair and he's not going to win the title that way. Cause he's, you know, he's a true hero. He's not going to do that. Now, and Michael Hayes is exiting the cage. And this is what we were supposed
1: to get to before because of this.
0: And then boom, Ric Flair gives the knee to carry Von Erich, and then out goes Michael Hayes and, and Terry Bam Bam Gordy took the cage door and smashed it into the head of Kerry Von Erich, And Kerry Von Erich right now is on the ground. Well, and what Rick I was Claren- saying
1: before, they went to the spot too early because that was the spot that they wanted. And the psychology of this is look at David Manning. Watch him just get right back. Watch this, Dave. Wow.
0: <laughs> Kerry Von Erich's Kerry Von Erich kicked out at two. And while Michael Hayes is just manhandling, you know David Manning, and now it's, he says it's a disqualification. The match is over, and he's telling Michael Hayes and... No, he's, Man throwing Man out
1: David Ma- he's throwing out Michael Hayes. Look at these punches of Ric Flair. That's how you throw a punch. Um, when they went to the spot too early because uh, Michael Hayes didn't put... Now it's going to be a bit of a riot. They're trying to fight their way to the back. The match continues. Uh, to quickly sum it up, they went to the spot too early. And because Michael Hayes didn't have a physical confrontation with Michael, uh, with Ric Flair. Uh, so they went back to the same exact thing because in the storyline going forward, Kerry Von Erich is arguing with Michael Hayes. And then in Kerry's head, Michael punched, uh, I'm sorry, in Michael Hayes's head, Kerry punched him because as his back is behind, he gets thrown outside the cage. Him making that three count. When Kerry Von Erick's not even covered, it just pops me. Look at these punches. That's how you punch somebody when they're mounted.
0: And you're right, because now the match has continued. But the fans didn't know that at first. Correct. And they were, like, throwing things into the ring. They were, you know, attacking Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy. Because this, this is their hero. And it's so funny. You look at ringside. You see, like, an 80-year-old woman. You see a 17-year-old girl. Like, it's crazy. How, like, the age differences of the crowd and everything, it's fantastic.
1: And then that famous slamming the cage door into Kerry Von Erich's head uh, really sets this whole entire feud off because Terry did it deliberately. And look at the sell by Kerry Von Erich. So now, but in Terry Gordy's head, he's just defending his boy Michael Hayes. This is a total typical he said, he said. And the match doesn't end like that, which is phenomenal, because it still gives the fans hope that Kerry's going to win.
0: And you're probably thinking if he can overcome that, he can probably overcome anything.
1: Yep. And flare with some real punches to keep that blood flowing by Kerry Von Erich. But it also, like, in psychology, it gives plausible deniability to both. Now, this is phenomenal because – Not only could he have a concussion, he's still fighting against all these odds where he's supposed to he's bleeding. He's had a steel cage punched in his face, but yet he's still discus punched. Discus
0: punched by Kerry Von Erich.
1: Now watch. Oh, wait a minute. The crowd is going nuts, especially that person. (laughs) And Kerry can't – Kerry's out of it. He's out on his feet. He had a nice little flurry like a baby face should – but he can't continue while he's on top. And then the other referee, David Manning, stops the match because Kerry, he feels it's in his best doing his job that Kerry Von Erich cannot continue because he's concussed. Which again, in hindsight, this is so, 1982, the well-being of the athlete having a concussion. And even though I'm fighting on instinct, the people are not pissed off at the Freebird interference because they and they still will believe that Kerry could have beaten Ric Flair if he wasn't concussed. Here comes a real doctor. I have no clue who that guy is. He's probably the drug dealer for the Freebirds and the Von Eriks. Um, and they're just literally sitting there. The fans are pissed once Flair gets that title back, but it continues the story of them. And it also starts another story for the Von Erichs and the Freebirds. Look at the, By the way, the
0: fans like they're holding back the fans because they're so pissed off at Ric Flair, and it's like Ric Flair had nothing to do with this. He just what, defended what, his NWA championship, and what a champion should do.
1: When we're talking about Reunion Arena, too, this is seventeen thousand for the Mavericks, not including there's you know the cage. There's probably close to eighteen thousand people here, and everyone is pissed off but yet they want to see Kerry get up look at them all they've been on their feet this entire time they're all talking they're scuttlebutt there's no social media they are they will pay money to see the chase of Kerry Von Erich go for the NWA title
0: and of course this is going back like you said that there's more fans here than at a basketball game because this is before they had the entrance ramp and they had the Titan Tron. This is just basically all they have is the ring. Yep. And it's just fans all in, throughout the rest of the building. Now you're seeing – there's Kevin Von Erich now questioning David there's Manning. David Von
1: Eric. They're all – they're literally sitting there and they're basically stooging off what happened. They're trying to get, you know – Oh, something for their brother, but it ain't gonna happen. Oh wait, is David Von Erich in there? I thought I saw him. Oh, there he is. Yeah, it's right there.
0: Yeah, it's David Von. Erich. It looks like David Von Erich, Kevin Von Erich, and then the and and is that that's, a doctor? That's the is- doctor.
1: They call the yeah. doctor. They're saying on the mic, we needed a doctor. I mean, dude, they built this up as real. Now David Von Erich is challenging the Freebirds, which now Flair is leaving. Flair is gonna go somewhere else for a long time. But now you have a bigger feud. With the Von Ericks and the Freebirds, and it's after this show, Buddy Jack uh, comes back, and Buddy Jack is there to wage war with the, his brothers against the Freebirds. I mean, against the Von Erics I mean, this is, it's this the is perfect the storm event. for your business to blow up.
0: And then just so you know how invested the people are, this is this was the main event. There are no more matches tonight. This is the last match, and no one in this crowd is left. Why? Because they're concerned about kerry von eric like look at it you look at this crowd not one everybody is on their feet why because they want to see if kerry von eric is okay and and no one is leaving
1: if you think about this too this entire show it's two interviews and this entire match and then the after match and then they're just going to show replays but they're making this as real as can be as if a player is hurt on the field. And, and I could go back and through my mind, think of all these vicious moments of a star athlete getting hurt and they stay with it and they stay with it until they go to commercial break. But this int- standing ovation for your baby face who lost, that's a believable baby face. And that's what you want to get if you're a promoter, a booker, or an aspiring wrestler, you want to get that reactions. And all of this still happens today.
0: Yeah, and, and I and I just love the fact that if you look at this crowd like you really see people with their 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 head in their hands because they're legitimately worried about Kerry Von Erich because you know that was the, the beauty of the territory system. You're right. Ric Flair, he defended his title. He's out of Dallas, he's out of world class, he's gonna go on to the Carolinas or maybe go to the Pacific Northwest, or he's maybe gonna even go to Japan to defend this NWA championship. And now they're going to have to build up again in order to get an opportunity. Kerry Von Erich gets an opportunity 17 months later in Texas Stadium in front of 42,000 fans after the death of David Von Erich, and I know 42,000 fans seems almost commonplace now, but that's 42,000 fans when pro wrestling was regional. You didn't get people from all over the country or all over the world. Those 42,000 fans. And look at they're showing the crowd. No one is left. No one's leaving because they're all worried about Kerry Von Erich.
1: Yeah, I'm going to pause my thing uh, right then and there with the good old coming up, more to come. Um, You also think about, and it's a lost art, is this selling of this. And when I say selling of it, the realism of it. There is no post-match interviews. There is no, oh, I just got beat and I'm going to come back in – you know, to talk to the announcer and I'm not selling this. This is, this guy is hurt and you have to tune in next week to see what happens. And that's what gets people emotionally invested into characters. And it makes you want to hate the Freebirds for screwing you out of, I wanted to sit home at Christmas night, look at my presents, eat a lot of food and watch Kerry Von Eric win the title. But no, that's not happening. And it'll make you tune in next week. And those who know how to do it, great is why world-class you know, was so, so big. Maybe another time we should do something about the rise and falls of territories, Dave, but this is a classic example of what works in professional wrestling, and I always will say old school will never die, and you're talking to a, a babyface that the people believed in, they still somewhat believe in, and there's a lot of great babyfaces that they put in these situations from John Cena to Roman Reigns to whomever is the top guy to make you want to say Drew McIntyre now of man, this is our guy. And this is why we're going to stay behind this guy because he's going to overcome any adversity. And that's what makes a great baby face and the villain will be why he's a great heel.
0: Well, Tommy, another great episode of the busted open watch along Uh, Again, please subscribe to the Busted Open podcast. Also, listen to Busted Open on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 from 9 a.m. to noon p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Saturday. And also, also, I definitely will tell you to do this. Use the hashtag Busted Open Podcast. Use that hashtag. Tell us what you thought of the watch-along. Tell us what matches that you want to see in the future. Again, use the hashtag, Tommy. Busted Open Podcast. And there is the great Bill Mercer. Still with us, Bill Mercer. The guy's like 90 in 1982. Look at him.
1: Should be in the Hall of Fame.
0: Should be be in the Hall of Fame. Did the radio broadcast, Tommy, of the Ice Bowl. Think about that.
1: And he's just recapping it.
0: 92 and 1982, still with us. Unbelievable. The guy's like 232 years old. Anyway, Tommy, thank you so much. Again, this is a very special edition of the Busted Open Watch Along. Use the hashtag Busted Open Podcast to tell us what matches you want to see in the future. I'm signing off, Tommy. Thank you so much. Again, as always, I it's the best time of the week is sitting down and watching a classic match with you.
1: I appreciate it. hope uh, the listeners enjoyed it because I really did.
0: All right, signing off. Thank you to Mother Marissa. Thank you to Andy King. Thank you to you, the Busted Open Nation. We'll talk to you later right here on the Busted Open Podcast.
1: Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?